Hello listeners and welcome to All Things FPL. My name is Spice and I am the host for today's podcast. Today we got a we got a lot to talk about. It's the end of game week six, which is kind of crazy considering it's the first week of September. We're already six match days in match weeks in. And uh, it was a pretty bad one, let's be honest. A lot of people did not do too well. A lot of people are really considering wildcarding this week. A lot of people are fed up with their defenders. Um, You know, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy Robertson combined for a total of two points, despite Liverpool keeping a clean sheet. Uh, Just goes to sum the week up. Now, my game week actually was not too bad. I uh, finished up on 48 points, uh, which was good, but my game week rank was 3.7 mil, so really didn't end up being good, and I did take a hit. So technically, I ended up with a pretty much a gray arrow, which uh, is unfortunate. After what I thought would be a great week because of Ivan Tony going off, uh, but it really, it just turned out to be a disaster. Now today, I wanted to put a lot of emphasis on uh, the defenders because uh, the big strategy that, uh, you know, is known as big at the back has, uh, it's been bust at the back this season so far. Defenders are amongst the lowest scoring positions so far in all of FPL, uh, and you guys would not believe after the horrible season that this position had last year, three of the top four scores in FPL right now are forwards. Holland is our top scorer, obviously, with 67 points. Tony is our second highest scorer with 45. Uh, Pascal Gross is our third highest scorer at 42. And then Kane has 40. So literally forwards are dominating. And I guess it's worth noting Mitrovic has 39 points and Firmino has 35. Now, I know a lot of you guys don't own Firmino anyway, so he doesn't really count on that list. But like I said, I mean, it's been dominated by forwards so far this year, and uh, big at the back is, is not. The highest scoring defender is currently Jao Cancelo, who's on 33 points, and he actually sits at like 15th on my list, taking a guess here, but it's not been too good. Defenders have not been doing too well. Cancelo and I believe it's... Trippier are the only ones over 30 points. Yes, that is correct. Trippier has 30 points this season. Jao Cancelo has 33. And Cancelo's been kind of disappointing for most of us. He had two big hauls, and that was it. Trippier seems to be our only consistent one, along with some of our Arsenal defenders. But their fixtures are turning for the worse. Uh, Tottenham defenders, I mean, you never know which one's going to play. Paris is just 25. Trent Alexander-Arnold has 24 points, but 17 of those came in one game against Bournemouth anyways. So really, you sit there, and um, defenders have been pretty bad. So let's talk about it. We're going to go over all the defenders, some replacements we can do with it, and just kind of talk about, you know, where we can go. If we're wildcarding, what's the move? Now, I guess we'll start by talking about the wild card. If you guys are going to wild card, I highly recommend go for three forwards. We have forwards who are on fire this season. And you can even go with some of the midfielders. I, I don't care. I, I hear all this, you know, Mo Salah's quiet, you know, midfielders are quiet, Son is quiet. These guys are still good assets, man. You can get Mo Salah and still run three very good forwards. I mean, just alone in the midfielders, uh, you know, Salah is the what fifth highest scoring one uh only the only players who've scored higher are rodrigo McAllister, rashford and pascal gross 
those guys aren't going to keep that effort up all season long. Maybe Rashford could. He's been actually pretty hot. But still, you're looking at other players like De Bruyne. You know, people are saying pick De Bruyne over Salah. Um, you know, it's a 0.8 difference in price currently. Just go pick Salah. He's definitely going to be a higher goal scoring threat. All in all, just go where the points are at. That That's the best way to kind of play FBL. Uh, and those bigger guys, those premiums, they, they're fixture proof. They will score at any time. So we'll start off with the defenders. And I think it's only right that we start with the Liverpool ones because they are the most frustrating of all of them so far. I think those guys are the ones that are out first. I mean, if we just go ahead and look at the FPL site so far, uh, the most transferred out players so far... Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is up on that list, and so is Ivan Perisic, which is a little surprising. But again, it's just because they're not playing. But yeah, the Liverpool defenders, they are the highest scoring pair so far, and rightfully so. I mean, both of them, uh, Andy Robertson, he didn't even start this game. He actually came on in the 59th minute, um, and Trent Alexander-Arnold was subbed out in that same minute for James Milner. Now, I don't know what Klopp was thinking with that. It was actually a really poor change. Um, Milner didn't bring anything, and you know, with 30 minutes to go you'd want your most creative player um, to be getting there anyways uh, these assets are a little more complicated because there's a series of things that are coming in with these Liverpool guys that are affecting how they play so first things first I think Andy Robertson has a fitness issue he's yet to complete a full 90 yet this season so far which is a little worrying Trent, on the other hand, he's been getting subbed out kind of late into games, which is fine. I get it. There's a lot of fixtures coming up, and Klopp is probably taking a precaution. I don't think there's anything uh, wrong with Trent. Uh, you know, we do have Champions League coming up um, for the next few midweeks, uh, and then we have, you know, just there's a lot of games being played. Anyways, you have these guys that aren't really playing, and then tactically, we have uh, this issue on the right side of the field, which has taken a toll on every player on the pitch, including players like Salah, Diaz, etc. So, the midfield issue, their midfield is really poor right now. Obviously, Thiago is back in training. I don't know if he's going to come right in. He's definitely not going to come right in and play 90 minutes each time, but you probably will see like a 30-minute cameo midweek against Napoli for Liverpool, and then maybe he'll play 60 against Wolves or something like that. Regardless, that's a huge, you know, he's it's good he's coming back in. Now, the issue on the right side of the pitch is Harvey Elliott is the one playing there. Now, Harvey has been very, very good this season, and there is nothing, you know, wrong against him. He's a great player, and he's probably been one of Liverpool's best players, honestly, since the start of the season but the issue with him is he likes to get forward and that's a lot different to what Henderson used to do in that role because Hendo yes he'd get forward but he would cover for Trent when he goes up now Trent is also playing this more inverted fullback role he's kind of playing more inverted and Salah is the one playing wide which is just it's horrible for all of us because Trent we like him for his crosses. Not that he can't, he can obviously score, he can obviously get assists from this inverted position. But, you know, then you take away from Salah. I feel like Trent is better at just crossing the ball in from the side, anyways. His deliveries, he could put him into more dangerous positions. I think I think he can get more dangerous crosses in from a wide position rather than from that inverted position he's playing. I don't know, Klopp has come out, he said that, you know, tactically they've been doing this, they might switch it out or something like that. I really hope they do, but uh, like I said, there's so many issues with these Liverpool guys. So, what about replacements? Now, I'm going to assume for just the sake of all the all the guys I'm going to talk about in this episode, that you guys have are only moving sideways or down. Um, obviously, 
with Trent and Rabo, you're moving down regardless because of their price currently. Um, but yeah, I think Jao Cancelo is a great replacement. Uh, Liverpool do have some tough fixtures coming up, actually. Uh, they do have, of course, Wolves, which I think will be a clean sheet easily for them. I, I don't see Wolves scoring on them, which is why I'm not transferring out just yet. But then they do have Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal, and Man City. That is a tough, tough run coming up, which is why I'm not opposed to getting rid of Trent Alexander-Arnold before the Chelsea week, which is game week eight, I think it is. There's no, there's no point in holding. Yes, Trent can return, but uh, fixture-wise, it just it, it doesn't look too promising as far as that goes. And the same can be said with Robertson. Now, if we take a look at the Manchester City fixtures, which is um, you know, they they've been. They've been playing well, but they haven't been keeping as many clean sheets as you would want either. You know, they had a 1-1 draw to Villa over the weekend, which we'll talk about in just a sec. You know, they drew, or they conceded to Palace. Uh, yes, they did beat Forrest, but who cares? They beat Bournemouth, clean sheet expected. But still, they're conceding goals to teams that you wouldn't, you know, you kind of expect a clean sheet against Villa, especially with their given form. But anyways... Fixtures coming up for City uh, in the Prem. They do have Tottenham up next, which will be a tough one, I think, for sure. Then they have Wolves, which is a good, probably, clean sheet. They play Manchester United, then Southampton, and then Liverpool. So a little bit better. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of either of their fixtures coming into this. I think these teams will give them a tough time. Uh, you know, you think Southampton, really. But Southampton took points off of City twice last season. So, you know, they're, they're, Southampton and Crystal Palace are like the kryptonite of Manchester City. And that Man United game is looking like it's actually going to be a really competitive game because United have really stepped it up. Anyways, um, you know, both teams, they look decent, but you know, if I'm a Trent Alexander-Arnold owner or a Liverpool one, I think I'm probably getting rid of. Now for me, the best options are easily going to be Kieran Trippier. He opens up a huge budget for you guys. I think he's the best asset because Newcastle have a good run of fixtures coming up, and they seem to be the safest fixtures coming up. Uh, Newcastle do have four draws this season, by the way. Something to kind of note on. They've only won once so far this season, but those have all been actually you know decent teams. Uh, Crystal Palace, they just played no nil draw, but that's a clean sheet. Uh, they did keep a clean sheet against uh, Brighton, which was a good result. They kept a clean sheet against Forest, so they have three clean sheets so far this season. Of course, Trippier returned against the City. Uh, you know, Trippier has that attacking potential, and they probably should have drawn Liverpool uh, last midweek. But coming up next, they have West Ham, Bournemouth, Fulham, Brentford, Manchester United, Everton, and then Tottenham, Villa, and then Southampton. That is an extremely, extremely nice run coming up for Newcastle. And I think there are a lot of clean sheets in that span coming up. They won't give a clean sheet in every game, obviously. I mean, West Ham, they looked much improved against Chelsea. I think they'll give Newcastle a real game at the London Stadium. Um, of course, you know, when they play Man United, that'll be a tough game. Of course, when they play Tottenham, that'll be a tough game. But Bournemouth? Mm-mm. Uh, Bournemouth will not. You know, I think Newcastle will keep a good clean sheet against them. Fulham, same way. I mean, eh, Fulham maybe could score. But then again, even if they score, Trippier has the attacking return potential. So I think Trippier is the best one to go to if you don't have him. After Trippier, it's really hard for me to tell you a team that where you could like just pick their fixtures and kind of go with it. Um, a lot of these guys have tough. A lot of teams have tough fixtures. You know, Liverpool, City, they have tough fixtures. Tottenham has tough fixtures with, you know, Man City up next and Leicester, which should probably be easy. But then Arsenal, 
Brighton, like those are not easy fixtures at all. Um, some of these other defenders, Wolves, they have a really tough run in the next four. Arsenal are coming to the closing end of their great fixtures too. I mean, you can go for them for a couple weeks, but then their their fixtures get so tough. Uh, they play Everton and Brentford next, but then Tottenham, Liverpool, Leeds, which will be easy, but then they have City, Southampton and Forest, and it gets a little better after that, but then Chelsea comes up, so, you know, their great fixture run is kind of over, you could potentially look at someone like Manchester United, who do have decent fixtures, but do you really trust United just yet, maybe, maybe not, Malasia looks good at 4.5, but uh, Crystal Palace up next, then Leeds, then City, but then Everton, and then Newcastle, so, Decent fixtures there, but, you know, is Manchester United really back? I don't know. We'll kind of talk about that heading in. Anyways, moving down, uh, Cancelo's kind of the same. You can replace them with Trippier. I think that's the best move because it opens up your budget, and you can go ahead and start getting players like, you know, the forwards. Like, I personally, uh, probably next week, unless Liverpool, you know, look great. The nice thing is that we have three games before match week eight begins because we do have the Champions League on this Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we have game week seven where we'll see Liverpool play Wolves and then they have another UCL game. So we'll get to see what's really going on. That's a lot of information that we get from those three games. And then maybe we could start making a guess at, you know, what we're going to do with the assets. But my tentative plan right now is to go from Trent to Trippier and then upgrade, you know, my uh, 4.5 forward to Mitrovic. I think that's the best way to go. And you just ball out with like Holland, Tony. And then Mitrovic or Holland, Jesus, Tony, Holland, Jesus, Mitrovic, one of the four. Those guys are on fire. And you can even go Kane if you don't have Salah. You know, you could do so much with it. I just think it's so much worth it right now. So much more worth it because the defenders are just playing so bad. Anyways, uh, moving on, we're going to go to Reese James and the Chelsea assets. They had an interesting game week, uh, you know, this last weekend with West Ham. Uh, what should have been a 2-2 draw ended up being a 2-1 win for Chelsea. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into it. I'm sure you guys have all seen it. You guys have all heard a million opinions on it. Personally, you know, I think it's very soft. VAR is very inconsistent. Uh, I'm not a hater of VAR. I think it's not the system. It's the people that run it. It's inconsistent. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. We just got to move on from that. Anyways, uh, Chelsea-wise, we saw, interestingly enough, once everyone hopped on the Cucurella train, uh, Ben Chilwell comes onto the pitch, scores a goal. Uh, he hauls in a nice little cameo for himself there in that 2-1 win. Um, he also got an assist as well for the Kai Havertz goal. So uh, that, that was a, a great cameo from him. Now, I don't really like either of the two assets because you're always going to be guessing which one's going to play. And Cucurella, of course, could play left center back and he'll be like, Reese, he's stuck back there. He won't get any attacking returns. Chelsea, similar to City and Liverpool, he, they haven't been as sound as you'd expect them to be, especially like the beginning of last season when it, they were like the best defense in the league. You know, they're still not really keeping too many clean sheets. 
Um, hopefully we could get one rather soon. Uh, like I said, they do actually have some decent fixtures coming up. They have Fulham and then they play Liverpool. Uh, but then they have Palace, then they have Wolves, then they have Villa. So it's not a horrible run coming up. Uh, but I do think they'll probably concede in the next two against, you know, Fulham. Mitrovic is on fire. I wouldn't be surprised to see him score. And then Liverpool will be a tough game um, regardless of form. Which is why I am leaning towards Reese James. Because Reese James, his attacking threat is insane. And he is guaranteed to start out there. We've seen he has to. There's no one, there's nobody else on that Chelsea team that could play the right wing back position as effectively as him. Now, if you do want to get rid of Reese James, which I don't really recommend, I think Reese James is definitely going to be a keep, unlike the ones that are a little more expensive. Yes, he's 6.0, but um, I think Reese is probably your best option. But there is one more that I think is worth your budget, and that is going ahead and getting Wesley Fofana, the brand new Chelsea signing. Uh, he did end up playing the whole game in his first debut day. Uh, it didn't go to plan, of course, but he currently sits at 4.4. That is extremely cheap. I know that Nico Williams is there and stuff, but um, I don't know. I, I think Wesley Fofana is a great pickup at 4.4. He gives you Chelsea coverage, and yeah, again, you can can probably just go from like Alexander Arnold down the Wesley Fofana if you really wanted to, and all of a sudden you have another what is that three mil to play with? Like that's a big chunk of change to kind of put in other positions so it kind of comes down to what you want to do with that of course he's a center back um yes Chelsea have tough fixtures coming up you know they got Liverpool but then they have a little bit of an easier run um he's not going to give you attacking returns but hey they have a good chance to keep a couple clean sheets here and there and he could return pretty big for someone that's going to be a 4.5 playing guy anyways uh you know if you want to if you're planning on starting Nico Williams all the time like, hey, you can you can go ahead with Fofana. He's going to play some games, man. So, uh, again, that one's kind of up to you. Uh, kind of a interesting one, to say the least. Looking at Tottenham, um, like I said, the Tottenham ones are such a pain because you never know which one's going to do good. But the two highest-scoring Tottenham defenders right now are Eric Dyer and Emerson Royale, both on 26 points. Now, it seems Emerson has this right wing back spot locked down. He has uh, the second most minutes of all the defenders. Only Eric Dyer has more minutes than him for Tottenham. He's looked really good. Uh, 26 points. Uh, he's gotten four returns. Dyer has three returns. Um, they've played well, those two. Uh, I like Dyer. He's locked in. He's a guy that's going to play every single week. Of course, Emerson has the better chance of attacking returns. So it's really up to you. Uh, Tottenham, they do have uh, not the greatest fixtures coming up. It could be better. It could be worse. Like I said, they do have City up next, and they have Leicester, then they have Arsenal. So they kind of flip-flop back and forth. And then after Arsenal, they have Brighton and then Everton. So not the greatest fixtures, but, you know, they they could be much worse, I guess. And, uh, you know, Tottenham seemed to be City's kryptonite, too. Tottenham got results both times last season. Um, they always seem to give City the trouble, and I think they probably could this time. Maybe not clean sheet, but, you know, attacking return for someone like Perisic or something uh, could be good. Uh, like I said, uh, with Perisic, it, it's always going to be a pain with him, and it's the only reason why I haven't picked up any of them. You just never know when they could play. But then again, you know, Perisic could play five minutes, and all of a sudden he's hauled for... 
you know, six points or something like that off the bench, you know, gets a nine pointer, 10 pointer. And if he does play a whole game, like there's the ceiling is so high for him. So, you know, you're taking that risk with that. Um, I like to balance the defense at least, at least have five playing guys. That way, if one of them doesn't play, you can, you know, kind of throw somebody else in. Now we're going to talk about the biggest game at the weekend, and that was Manchester United and Arsenal. So Arsenal, of course, like I said at the beginning, they're coming to the end of their great fixture run. Um, A little bit disappointing, honestly. I think we all expected a little bit more. Um, But the highest scoring guy is uh, the two center backs. Saliba has 29. Gabriel has 27. So full backs, you're a little disappointed with. Ben White, you weren't expecting anything crazy. He was always going to be the more defensive guy. Uh, But after a hot start for Zinchenko, uh, he did get injured. He did miss a game. He sits on 20 points currently. I don't really know what to make of him at the second. Um, You kind of just feel meh about it all Zinchenko's still going to get forward he's still going to be a good asset and I wouldn't get rid of him but yeah you know after that huge start he had you were expecting a lot more uh but he's currently sat a little bit lower so uh it's interesting a lot of these defenders they sit between this like 15 to 30 points there's not a clear breakout guy at the second and that's really the problem a lot of people have having with it there's a lot of panic amongst everybody because these defenders are doing so bad and um you know the reason why it sucks the most is like expensive defenders are returning the same as these average defenders and that i think is the biggest problem amongst all of fpl currently is that trent has as many points as someone that's 4.5 or 5 so that's why you want to probably make the move off of them while these you know liverpool have tough fixtures because you know, until Trent really proves, it's not worth it. And that's what's so unique about this season is that if Trent ends up playing super well all of a sudden, you have the World Cup. You have unlimited transfers coming up. So, you know, you can bail yourself out instead of, you know, suffering all season because you can't get back to him. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, definitely could. Anyways, on Arsenal, um, if you're looking to buy any, I really probably wouldn't like i said uh their great fixture run comes to an end and and by no means is brentford going to be an easy fixture uh they do play everton in game week seven i think that could be pretty routine for them but brentford won't be easy brentford away for that matter won't be easy then tottenham at home that's going to be a really tough game then liverpool at home that's a super tough game leads away who knows and then city at home i mean those are tough they have a tough run coming up so you know i wouldn't be going all in on them and then from the Manchester United side, I really don't know what to make with him. They're playing very well. Um, I'm I'm not convinced with the defense just yet. I think they still are a little shaky at times. I don't think they're 100% in sync, but they've looked much better uh, ever since that Liverpool win. They seem really turned around, and uh, I know it's off the topic of defenders, but I actually do like the look of Rashford potentially. The good thing is similar to... Um, you know, Liverpool uh, and all the other Champions League teams, they play in the Europa League. So we'll get to see some action of them. They play Real Sociedad, which I think will be a real good test this week. We could really see where this Manchester United team is at again. Then they play Palace, of course, uh, at the weekend. And I think that'll be a really tough game too. Palace is by no means as easy. But if they breeze by, you know, Real Sociedad and Crystal Palace, uh, you know, I think then it might be time to start jumping in before Leeds. Of course, they play City, but it's a derby, you know. It's going to be a good game. 
And then they have some easier fixtures coming up. So I kind of like Manchester United. I think it's definitely a watch. Rashford's definitely a watch. He looked really good at the weekend. Uh, and he's actually the highest scoring, the second highest scoring midfielder right now, just behind the Brighton one. So uh, Pascal Gross. So uh, yeah, they look pretty good. Uh, I think Manchester United defensively, though. I mean, if you really want to look at Dallow, I mean, I don't know, but keep him in that. Keep him in mind. He, you know, four point five is not bad. Uh, Malasia is also, I think, Malasia is four point four right now. So you know, just keep him in mind. Uh, center backs, you're not touching those guys. Anyways, looking on to our next game, Crystal Palace nil. Brighton nil and these are really the last of the defensive assets you really want to look at as far as putting in your team uh Brighton have been very good defensively um Crystal Palace have actually been pretty good defensively but none of them actually have any defenders that are super high up in the scoring uh you have the two center backs from Brighton uh Veltman and who is it Lewis Dunk uh, with Dunk's own goal by the way he did end up uh, he's still up top here around here uh, but I don't think you really want a center back from Brighton I think really if you want an asset it's going to be the goalkeeper in um, Robert Sanchez the only reason why you want the goalkeeper of course is because save points are coming in he's not too bad uh looking at crystal palace uh they don't have any crazy defenders up top uh they do have uh joachim anderson which is not a bad asset but i actually really like tyreek mitchell i think he's a great left back option he can get forward and he does play on the same side as zaha so you know sometimes that connection play could be there Honestly, I, Crystal Palace defender isn't my first choice, and if you really want to go there, you can. Palace look to be a really good side. Uh, they do have uh, some interesting fixtures coming up, I believe. Like I said, they do have United, they do have Brighton, they do have Chelsea. Then they have Leeds, Leicester, Wolves, Everton, Southampton. Uh, so, you know, the Assens aren't terrible, and by no means, like, I don't think they'll get blown out by Manchester United. I don't think they'll get blown out by Brighton or Chelsea either. Like Crystal Palace are a good team. They definitely could have a top half finish this season if they stay consistent. And Zaha's on fire. I think Zaha's a great asset to add into your team as well. Um, again, not a defender, but he's someone worth that's worth considering. Other than that, uh, just quickly, I can go over some of the other defenders on other teams. I don't think any of them are worth getting. Uh, Villa, you're completely staying away, despite a great performance against Manchester City. You don't want them just yet. Leicester, you're definitely not touching any of those defenders. I mean, as a Danny Ward owner, I really just wish I didn't have him at this point. It's so bad. Uh, Brentford. Brentford were one that we're considering, but they can't keep a clean sheet away from home. And even at home, they're not the greatest. They are missing Christian Norgard as well, which kind of hurts them quite a bit. Um, Forrest, you know, Nico Williams, that's the only one you want. Uh, Forrest are interesting. That We saw that game where you know Bournemouth came back and won Forest have the most expected goals conceded the most they are literally the the team you want to target right now they are going to concede so many goals uh and and that's something you have to consider with Nico Williams because Nico Williams of course will get you minus points because of how many goals they're conceding um you're not taking any Fulham defenders uh Wolves look good but like I said they have tough fixtures coming up um yeah that that's pretty that pretty much sums it up as far as the defenders go anyways listeners thank you for making it to the end of the podcast please drop a review leave a like whatever you're listening on it's much appreciated and it helps the podcast grow um i'm really excited to see what this next game week's going to bring us but we do have ucl coming in the midweek which is going to be nice it's going to be uh 
nice for us FPL managers to take a break. Of course, if you play UCL Fantasy, it's another whole different game for you guys. But it'll be good to kind of take a break and get a lot of information ahead of game week seven now. So, you know, we'll be back later this week with a preview pod where we'll kind of go over um, some of the attacking assets that I like, as well as we'll cover any UCL action ahead of the well, what should be a very exciting game week seven. And then, of course, we do have game week eight, and then I believe it's nine. And then we have our first international break, which will be a nice little break amongst it all. Wait, what is it? Yeah, game week seven, eight, and yeah, it's just eight. And then we have the international break. So, you know, two more match weeks until then should be good. But yeah, uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Peace.